It's Christmas! Well, tonight, thank God it's there instead of you. Oh, Christmas Day, my ass. I'm driving home for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to see those faces. Christmas to you and all. It's December. It's the month of Advent and seasonal specials and festive music and all things Christmas. We've got a busy podcast episode today with some British covers of an absolutely joy-filled Christmas classic, a look at some festive theatre gone wrong, some more munching and chomping on British Christmas snacks, and the announcement of the final face-off in the big Christmas number one showdown. Let's start with what I'm feeling right now, and have been for some time to be honest as a Christmas obsessive, because it's really beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Originally titled It's Beginning to Look Like Christmas, not much different really, the song was written in 1951 by Meredith Wilson, a songwriter who most famously wrote the songs for The Music Man, and he was also twice nominated for an Academy Award. There's a rumour that he wrote the song while staying at a hotel in Nova Scotia, with the tree in the park in the song being one outside the hotel. This is unconfirmed, but it was first a hit for Perry Como and the Fontaine sisters in 1951. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look in the five and ten Listening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Reaching a peak of number 12 in the US Billboard charts and number 47 in the UK Singles chart. But since then, it's grown and amassed over 260 million streams on Spotify and the song just embodies those proper warm fuzzy festive feelings. Many big artists have covered it, including Johnny Mathis and Michael Bublé. Mathis's version was on Home Alone 2, helping boost his take on the song in the public conscience. Again, with candy canes and silver lanes aglow, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store, but the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own. Also, the original songwriter included the song in a 1963 musical called Here's Love that's based on the story of a miracle on 34th Street. But that's enough about non-British people. Let's get to some covers from these aisles that I reside on, starting with Connie Talbot, a singer who took the plunge early at age 7 when she appeared on the first season of Britain's Got Talent in 2007, singing her way to the finals eventually losing out to the opera-style singer Paul Potts. But Simon Cowell called her Magic and initially promised to sign and work with her on an album after the show. But the record company didn't follow through, stating she was too young. But Connie persevered, signing with the Rainbow Recording Company to release her debut album Over the Rainbow. She's since released four more records, and her second album, recorded mostly at her family home, was a Christmas one called Connie Talbot's Christmas Album. 
It had a whole bunch of covers on it, including this take on It's Beginning to Look Like Christmas. A pair of hop-along boots and a piece of the truth is the wish of Barney and Ben. Don't stop or talk and we'll go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. And Mom and Dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Next up is another reality TV show competitor from the same show, Britain's Got Talent, but Callum Scott competed in the ninth series in 2015. He came sixth in the competition and went on to sign with EMI to release his own stuff, with two albums and nominations for a Brit Award for his single that covered Robin's Dancing On My Own. But for our needs, he popped up on the Christmas Rules Volume 2 compilation album released by Here in Concord, with artists such as Paul McCartney and Jimmy Fallon, The Decemberists and Nora Jones. Of course, Callum contributed this rather soulful cover of It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas that plays with the arrangements in a fun way. Dozzle will talk and we'll go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. And mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go, there's a tree in the Grand Hotel. And one in the park as well The sturdy kind doesn't mind the snow Oh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas And soon the bells will start Our next musician's real name is Rory Graham But everyone knows him by the moniker of Rag and Bone Man Rag and Bone Man started out with some friends in a hip-hop group, but his unique baritone voice propelled him beyond the group into fame with a hit single called Human in 2016, out via Columbia Records. Two albums followed, and three Brit Awards, as well as nominations for an Ivan Novello Songwriting Award and MTV Awards. He went on BBC Radio 1 for a Christmas show in 2017, and performed a slowed-down, slightly jazzy version of its beginning to look like Christmas while dressed as Santa Claus. And hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And everywhere you go, there's a tree in the Grand Hotel, and one in the park as well. A sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Soon the bells will start. And let's end with some theatrical flourish with two singers. Michael Ball is a musical legend performing in the likes of Les Miserables, Phantom of the Opera, Sweeney Todd and Hairspray, winning Laurence Olivier Awards and getting an MBE. He partnered up with Alfie Bow in the last few years for a bunch of records. Alfie Bowe is another stage actor, who also appeared in Les Miserables, as well as operas such as Lo Bohème. They recorded a festive record together called Together at Christmas in 2020, with a suitably bombastic theatrical version of the festive classic we're covering today. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. There's a tree in the Grand Hotel, one in the park as well. 
The sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Soon the bells will start And the thing that will make them ring Is the carol that you sing Why don't you check out another podcast in the Christmas Podcast Network? Hey everyone and welcome aboard. My name is Chris Kringle, host of the Kringle Talks Christmas podcast, a fun new podcast all the way from sunny old England. If you like listening to cool Christmas stories, traditions and some old personal favourites, then head on over to Kringle Talks Christmas. The episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts and you can also follow me on Twitter, which is at Christmas Talks, spelt K-R-I-S-T-M-A-S Talks. Welcome once again and I hope to see you soon. For my first December episode, I wanted to pick one of my favourites that I feel hasn't got its proper due and is underseen. And it actually started on stage back in 2008 with the Mischief Theatre Company, initially formed by Henry Lewis, Jonathan Sayer and Henry Shields, while they studied at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. They selected others from their course and set out to put out comedic, theatrical performances over the next few years, leading up to a show called The Play That Goes Wrong in 2012. The show is based on the multiple things and situations that could, well, go wrong during a production, and basically using all of them to immense comedic effect, from falling props to actors flubbing lines to pratfalls galore. It's quite anarchic and chaotic, but of course it's all very carefully scripted, rehearsed and planned to the inch so that everything is going wrong should be going wrong. It won Best New Comedy at the 2014 Laurence Olivier Awards, and has since toured the UK and even gone across to the US for a while too. In 2016, the group jumped to television with a filmed version of a 2013 production, Peter Pan Gone Wrong. The following year, they came back with A Christmas Carol Gone Wrong in 2017, which I will cover at some as-yet-undecided future point. Then a full TV series followed in 2019 called The Goes Wrong Show. The premise follows the same group of actors known as the Cornley Polytechnic Drama Society putting on different shows each week, from a World War II set production to a 60s horror piece. I actually covered an episode before, as they did a nativity in the second series which I covered in July last year. But I missed out on the first episode of the whole first series, because it disappeared from the BBC iPlayer at the time. But it's back, so it's time to talk about that first episode, shown 23rd of December 2019, called The Spirit of Christmas. It begins with an introduction from Chris Bean, the director, before Dennis interjects live on air. And I'm thrilled to present tonight's Christmas play. Before we begin, Chris, 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 let's Chris, meet the... Chris, yes. what noise does a reindeer make? Clearly a matter for rehearsals, Dennis. Before we begin, <laughs> let's meet the star of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Father Christmas! Then we meet Father Christmas and his elves. Well, we've got just enough time before the main event to meet some children from... the local area. <laughs> All right, so who have we got? Right, um, Grace. Grace, right, what would you like for Christmas, Grace? I'm not Grace. Why are you looking at me then? Don't make eye contact if you're not Grace. <laughs> Who's Grace? Right, okay, what do you want for Christmas? An Xbox. An Xbox? Are you sure that's the gift you prearranged with the producers? Yes. Ha ha ha! Oh ho ho ho! And the show finally begins with a little girl, of course played by an adult woman, building a snowman, and we hear her parents arguing with some overacting from Dad. Can we do a cracker? 
course we can. The crackers are for tomorrow. Maud, just let her pull a cracker. It's Christmas Eve, for goodness sake. <laughs> we have a song from the little girl writing a letter to Santa, but the music keeps getting higher and higher and pushing her voice too far. I don't want to ride a reindeer or a sunny But then Santa arrives, but struggles to get down the chimney on set. My sack's caught in the flu. You can't say that. Of course I can. It's a literal sack. I'm not talking about my balls, am I? <laughs> ah, okay. Now my actual sack is caught. Robert? Huh? Robert? Be careful, what are you doing? Santa sets out to comfort the girl, but takes time to accost the audience. Santa. They're sad. Aww. What are you doing? <laughs> Do not participate. <laughs> Unbelievable. Santa takes a nip of sherry, but a stuck bottle pourer leads to Santa drinking too many nips. Just another nip. Just a couple more nips. Just a couple more nips. There's a lot of nips. Are you, are, are you really going to help me, yes, Santa? I'm really just working out something else quite complicated here. Just... <laughs> oh, no, no, stop it! Stop it! Which leads to messing up of the words. Well, in, uh, in difficult times, what you need is a matchfastic, magical friend. <laughs> a fantastic, magical, a fantastic vaginal friend. friend. <laughs> Santa then brings a snowman to life, but the costume makes it a struggle to act, as Santa points out. We're going to have so much fun. We can play together. Every day's an adventure in the snow. This is not your best work, Chris. <laughs> and he then makes a comment about his own elves, too. I'm always happy. Why? You're essentially enslaved. <laughs> Why don't we take a look at what gifts Santa's brought? and see what there is for you. They then bring out a magical toy making machine consisting of two giant rollers. This is the magical toy machine. It can make anything you can dream of, any toy imaginable. <laughs> Not rude stuff, obviously. <laughs> Tell me, Belle, what are your favorite things in the world? Oh, unicorns. <laughs> I think we can manage that. And the increasingly drunken Santa doesn't seem to offer much help when Belle is still upset. Belle's still crying. <laughs> what is it now? What a train! <laughs> Christmas is hard for all of us, you know. Where are my gifts? Think about that. <laughs> they eventually realise she's upset about her dad and the snowman sings a song about family. But his scarf gets stuck in the toy machine rollers, slowly stripping him of his costume down to his underwear in hilarious fashion.
Did you enjoy that, Belle? <laughs> Santa continues to drunkenly ramble. We must return to the chimney. You're already in the chimney, you fool. Slays in the garden anyway. None of this play makes sense. <laughs> I shall return to the snow. This is not your best work, Chris. <laughs> Thankfully, Belle's dad returns in her parents' makeup while Santa raves in the background at a stagehand taking his bottles of booze. I thought you were fighting because of me. Of course not, sweetheart. I'm sorry for arguing with you, darling. <laughs> Christmas isn't a time for fighting. It's a time for love, kindness and understanding. You stupid man! Hope you have a bad Christmas! Hello, Santa. They try to wrap it up with a message of love that Santa ruins. Not really. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, no, I'll tell you, tell you one thing I have learned. Christmas, ultimately, commercial holiday. <laughs> now, who's the real winner of Christmas? I'll tell you who, Amazon. <laughs> they, they, they're drones now. Tiny little dystopian sleighs delivering iPads and headphones. I ordered a toaster. It was on the doorstep five hours later. Do we need that? It was $4.99 for a toaster. I mean, someone's being exploited there, aren't they? Santa, I think we should... I know, I know. And he gets one last rave at the audience at home. Expect you're all gonna write in, aren't you? <laughs> Typical BBC audience. Nothing better to do than sit around complaining about my conduct. Well, this time, just leave it, all right? Leave it. Don't cut away. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've had enough complaints this series. No one even reads them anymore. Do you know what we do with them? We burn them. <laughs> in a massive weekly bonfire in the car park, which ironically generates a lot of complaints. Santa! I think we should go. Oh, yes, walk away, just like Denise. Oh! <laughs> it's one of my favourite recent comedy shows, as the cast are wonderful in the ways they play off one another, and the set pieces must be so carefully constructed and rehearsed to make it all work so perfectly. It's got so many visual gags and moments from misplaced props to collapsing items that I can only get across half of the humour in this podcast. So it's well worth a watch for those. It makes me crack up every time I watch it. And the other episodes are great too. So if you haven't seen the series and can find it via the BBC, I'd highly recommend it. By the time you hear this, there may well be another podcast with my voice on it out there. The wonderful Totally Rad Christmas podcast with Jerry D. Welcome me to talk about Shaking Stephen's British Christmas classic. So check out Totally Rad to hear my rambles and Jerry's wonderful voice. What's up, dudes? I'm Jerry D of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, books, fashion, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, he's got it covered. Wait, is there a lot of things to talk about for the 80s and Christmas? Well, you got the movie giants like Christmas Vacation, Scrooge, and A Christmas Story. There are TV specials like Muppet Family Christmas, Claymation Christmas Celebration, and a Garfield Christmas Special. Plus classics shown every year. You also jam out to Last Christmas, Do They Know It's Christmas, and Christmas in Hollis. But most of all, it was a time for the most bodacious, best-selling Christmas toys ever, like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers... And Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes, them too. We cover them all, plus much more, including standard segments like Hap Hap Happiest Memory, Gag Me With The Spoon, The Other Half of the Battle... And Chant With The Littles. 
So tune in to Totally Rad Christmas everywhere you get your podcasts. Turn the clock back and dive into those warm and fuzzy memories. Later, dudes. But now it's time to reveal the results of the three groups of the semi-finals in the big Christmas number one showdown. Remember, I randomised every Christmas number one into groups and they've been facing off on my social media until we get down to one winner. Some big names have been knocked out in the last round as each group had three songs with only one going through and the results are as follows. So losing out on a place in the final is Elvis Presley with all of you returning him to sender. Also, the Human League being knocked out and you're telling them you don't want them in Don't You Want Me because the winner of this group was the Christmas classic 1984's Do They Know It's Christmas from Band-Aid. In the second trio, you did not want to hold the Beatles' hand and you sent them home. You also knocked out the classic Shaken Stevens' Merry Christmas Everyone, and the winner of the second group was Spice Girls' Too Much. And in the third and final trio of this semi-final, you said goodbye to the Beatles with Hello Goodbye. You also waved goodbye to Mary's Boy Child by Harry Belafonte because you picked another British Christmas classic, and quite a sad one, with Mud's Lonely This Christmas from 1974. A bit of a surprise inclusion from Spice Girls, but, and I promise on Father Christmas's beard, I didn't fix anything, but Too Much is probably one of my favourite sad pop songs and definitely my favourite Spice Girls song. The other two are British Christmas classics, so it's anyone's game in the final round. The finale is here, and this time all three songs will be facing off. I'll pop it on social media with a few days for voting, and it's the last chance to decide the top three in the big Christmas number one showdown and decide once and for all or at least for the few Christmas weirdos like me listening to this podcast and following me, what is the best ever Christmas number one? So take your pick. Do they know it's Christmas? Too much. This Christmas, only one can triumph. It'll be lonely this Christmas without you to hold. It'll be lonely this Christmas, lonely and cold. It'll be cold, so cold without you to hold this Christmas. In the last episode, I tried a few festive treats to share some British snacks that may not be available elsewhere to give my thoughts, honed through years and years of eating too much Christmas junk food and putting on a fair few pounds in December. I also trademarked the catchphrase porky aftertaste after last week's review of some crisps. Expect it on t-shirts, mugs, beer mats, baubles and scarves next year. I'm grading them in two areas. Firstly, how festive they are out of five mince pies, five being super festive, one not at all. 
and then tasting us out of five Christmas puds along the same idea. So for this episode, I've got a couple of chocolate-based snacks to try. Uh, the first one is from Kinder, uh, and Kinder is a um, brand of chocolate that make quite sweet, milky chocolate over here in the UK. They've got a range of products, um, but for Christmas, they put out some little Christmas shapes. Um, they're most sort of probably famous for the Kinder eggs, uh, which are little sort of chocolate eggs with hollow insides, uh, some sort of toy or gift, quite, you know, silly little gift or toy, something you can usually make. Um, I believe, and I don't think this is a myth, that is, these are banned in America, the Kinder Surprises, because of something to do with the worry about kids swallowing them. But I can tell you I've never swallowed the inside of a Kinder egg. They're pretty big, um, chunky boxes with toys in little pods. And they're quite nice chocolate, although it's always too little and too thin in my opinion. But at Christmas they release some Christmas shapes that are beyond the normal egg shape, including one that I've got today, which is a little penguin. Uh, it's a little festive penguin holding a, uh, a present. It's a nice shiny, glossy metal covering paper. Um, it's got a little scarf on. It's quite festive, I suppose. got a bit of holly on it. Um, I'm never sure how festive penguins are, really. They've become festive because of their association, obviously, with snow. Um... But other than that, it's just a penguin, isn't it? Uh, but he looks quite pretty. You know, it's, I'd say sort of festive, probably three out of five. Um, in terms of uh, the, once you crack it open, the chocolate shape is not particularly well moulded, I'd say. You don't have a, um, uh, a face on it. You've just got a kinder pattern. Uh, but the chocolate, I'll give it a go. So it's their normal kinder chocolate that comes with the kinder egg. It's quite a nice chocolate, like I said, Kinder Egg. I do enjoy the Kinder Egg chocolate. It's sort of milk chocolate on the outside, and on the inside, a, a white chocolate. So there's sort of quite a contrast of flavour, and it's quite almost quite sharp as a chocolate, but quite nice as well. Um, it's quite thin and crisp. There is a toy inside, as with the Kinder Egg, a little yellow pod. Uh, so I'm going to open up and see what toy I get. That might boost up in the um, rankings. Flavour. Three and a half. I do quite like Kinder, but I wouldn't say it's my favourite. Well, it's not a festive toy. Uh, the little toy looks like a little figure. Oh, it is a festive toy. I tell a lie. I believe it's meant to be an elf. Some sort of little girl character. I think it all hooks in together. There we go. Connected up the little figure. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it's meant to be. It's got an elf hat on. It's red and green. So it's meant to be a little elf, and according to the picture, it looks like there's a Santa and reindeer you can collect as well. Although at the moment, her legs don't seem to want to attach to her top half, so it looks a bit sinister. Um, I think there's something in here that you can download an app. Everything's on an app nowadays. And scan them, and they come to life on your screen, I believe. Um, there are some stickers as well. And I think you can put the stickers onto the elf character. There's like a... Um, Looks like some holly and a ribbon and a lantern. I'll have a go at that later. Uh, quite fun, you know, anything with a little toy is usually quite fun at festive at Christmas, isn't it? The other second snack I've got today is from Kit Kat. Kit Kat are a Nestle brand here in the UK. Uh, they make little bars of chocolate that have biscuity stuff on the inside uh, and chocolate on the outside, usually two thin strips. But at Christmas, they have some little shapes. They look like little santa claus figures i suppose it looks more elfin to me but it's got a beard it's got a hat i assume it's meant to be a little chocolate santa um kit kat have their famous phrase which is have a break have a kit kat 
and here it says Christmas break on the pack. Um, this one actually, because usually I can't eat Kit Kats because I am gluten free, I can't eat gluten, so I can't have the biscuits, but these Christmas ones they bring out are made with um, rice flour, like almost like rice um, wafer, crunchy wafer pieces it says. So I am allowed them. Uh, the chocolate is moulded really well. It looks very festive. I had to give that four. Uh, and the taste. It's nice, thick chocolate and crunchy wafer. I'd say a bit weird, actually. At first, it tastes a bit cardboardy. Yeah, it tastes a bit cardboardy at first. Uh, down there at two. But actually, once you start chewing, it tastes a lot better. The flavour seems to increase and enhance. Maybe it's the wafer bit crunching up with the um, chocolate. It makes it a little bit better. I'd probably push it up to a three. Probably not much higher than a three, but definitely a strong three. Um, so yeah, a couple of little chocolate there. The Kinder chocolate and the Kit Kat chocolate. Um, I'll try and have a little bit of a bumper group for my next episode. Get a few more chocolates and things in so I can talk to you about more things. Festive and snack focused as I know all of us want to eat everything at Christmas. And that's it for Merry Britsmas for this episode, but there's a second December episode coming, so stay tuned on my social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on X, Twitter, whatever it may be. I'm also going to have my usual bonus music episode towards the end of the month. I'm still posting Merry Moments of the Day online and via Reddit on a subreddit called UK Christmas. So let me know your thoughts on the covers I've played today, whether you've seen the play that goes wrong, and if you've tried any of these treats I shared, or if you'd like to or if you're disgusted by my chomping chops as of yet. And happy blooming Christmas to you and all.